Hello, everybody. Welcome to the local earshot. I'm here with uh, Jonathan Grissom, More Bands Media. How you doing, man? Hey, what's up, man? How hey, you doing? Uh, oh, you know, <laughs> trying to get this fucking week over with. <laughs> We're in here with Reggie Wheat again, following up again with the um, live music and promotion game. How you been, man? Man, I've been great, dude. <clears throat> Looks like you're running in a somewhat of a period of, of good fortune here. Man, tell me about it. Yeah, it's like the happiest time of my life, you know? Cool, man. What's going on? How'd, I, how'd, I, how'd you fall into this? It's all about sobriety, man. You know, I just realized that I have like an allergy to drinking and you know, morning beer turns into good night beer. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't ever try to get drunk. It's just a byproduct of drinking too much beer. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So it was, once I quit, it was like, it's weird, you know? It's weird how, how, how uh, much of your senses are dulled when you're when you're drinking heavy, man. I, I drank heavy for a lot of years, too. And it's like this last couple of years, getting your, getting your head cleared out, it really does clear out a lot. Man, I know. <laughs> I feel like I'm stronger, smarter, quicker. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's a, just a whole new fucking world. I never thought life without beer would be good. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but now I realize it doesn't work the same as it used to, you know? Yeah. Like, when I start drinking, I don't stop. You know, I don't switch to water or coffee. I just beer, beer, beer. See, I'm the opposite. I, I'm a whiskey drinker, and, and uh, man, I've lost the flavor for it altogether. I, I, after one or two, I start to get kind of, yeah. I think I'm done with this. When it starts to hit. I uh, never it, thought. It feels weird to get a little, yeah. Yeah, never, because normally that was my cue to up the drinking. <laughs> time, to, time to begin, yeah. <laughs> but I don't know how. It's, hard, yeah, on, it's hard on your body too, you know, so. It is, you know, and it almost, everything's so new because I've been drunk so long, it's like everything's a brand new experience. Like I've already done this before, but doesn't feel the same you know what I mean? <laughs> well how is i mean i know you, you with uh owning a, a venue versus now you're you're more on the promotional end of it with things like covid come through how did that mm. uh, i mean i'm all but probably wiped you out completely but how on the on the the end of this now we're on the heels of it and things are coming back what have you seen kind of change man like uh the bands are dying to get back out i mean they're like knocking down doors you know they're like scared to or something one sense but they like cannot fucking wait you know what i mean mm -hmm. they're like so grateful you know like i've got a show right now it's uh black dyer the lead singer of the dwarfs and he hit me up probably three months ago and the date was october 30th you know so i started calling already even three months ago people were like halloween party we got this this and this and i had it booked at a local local venue that was uh one that i you know i used to spend a lot of time in so the industry has changed so much. Like, it used to be word on mouth, you know? Mm -hmm. I got the date, I got the date. Well, they, like, rented the bastard out on the date I had it. You know, they're like, he offered too much money. I was like, you motherfucker. Yeah. You think I'm ever going to try to book a show with you again? You know well, I mean? and on, on the on the more local scene and local level, I mean, is it's more like probably word of mouth, handshake type stuff. And then, that's I mean, the way I, you know, <laughs> that's the way it's always been. But now I've got to, I mean, some stuff you draw a contract up for, if there's money involved and, the venue's responsible for certain things and I'm right, responsible right. for certain things. That's know. business, you know. The business side, but just yeah. hooking up the date and stuff is always, once you got it, you got it. Yeah. If something calls you, then they need to challenge the date. Then the money I mean? stuff become, comes into play. They don't even know how much money I would have brought to the table. Right. You know right. what I mean? How do they know? They've never, I've never booked a show with them. You know, the last time the dwarves came through, they did almost like, uh, right at almost 300 people and it was right at the same time, well, it was December 28th, right after Christmas and before New Year's Eve. I had a guarantee, man. I was just like, because I booked it like five months before the show, and I had a pretty large guarantee, you know. And those days can either 
suck. They're either dead or you're packed. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Either all the friends and family want to hang out or they're hitting the bar instead, you know, or yeah. doing family stuff. But, it, man, it was such a great show. Right before the COVID hit, man. It was like December and then January. I was like, COVID, COVID. I was yeah. Like, I wonder if I just threw a super spreader. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like, and it, man, it happened quick, too. Yeah, I did. we didn't know nothing about it. You know what I mean? Everybody was hugging and hanging tight. It was like, people hadn't seen each other. You know, out-of-town people and stuff were coming in. It was it was a fun fucking, one of the best shows. So ha- has the business end of it changed through COVID? Oh as far God. as how hooking this whole thing up goes? From yeah. a promotional side, I'm sure, okay... Correct me if I'm wrong, too, but you you take a certain level of responsibility on behalf of the people you're bringing in, don't you? I take all the responsibility. All of it? Yeah, okay. I'm the only one. Like it's, it's up to me whether it's a good show or a bad show. Okay. I either promote it enough or I don't. I put it to the right channels and people show up, or I didn't promote it enough and nobody knows about it. You know what I mean? Unless I just got an act that's either is so amazing that nobody's discovered them yet. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Or they suck so bad that you know their fans are... You know, like, you shouldn't even fuck around with it. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, there used to be this band that this agent would call me, like, once a week, sometimes twice a week, trying to get his, like, when we first kick it off, trying to get his band in my room when I was still on Western. I mean, he called and called, and I was always like, well, I got that date booked, or, you know, I was always trying to be nice and polite. You know what I mean? And then finally, you know, he just kept hounding and hounding. I was like, dude, why do you keep hounding me? He was like, well, I'm trying to uh, book an alternative rock in your venue. Do you guys not do alternative rock? I said, man, I don't consider your band a good alternative. You know what I mean? <laughs> that fucking band was Hinder. <laughs> that was Hinder right before they put out that record and shit. I was like, damn, I'm glad I missed out on that one. <sighs> you know what I mean? Sometimes you just don't want to sit through shit, you know? Ah, oh, man, I, I remember when they hit. Yeah, that was, God, I think I was in college. I'm like, not expected to hear this from Oklahoma, that's for sure. Right. It was definitely a very L.A. sounding band. I thought they sounded. I thought they sucked. Sound. I didn't like it at all. It had a very. I don't know. They kind of were responsible for that hair metal revival that Man, was short. It sounded like a band that was put together by other people. Like they weren't really friends. They didn't hang out and shit. Was, they were just in it for the money. I mean, you can tell that comes across loud and clear. You know. I used to rent my room out to people that want to make like music videos and shit, and they didn't even have an album out or anything. You know, they're trying trying to send it out to the labels and stuff. I'm like, no, nah, you should have fun before you start. You know, because everything they did was like posed, their little moves and stuff. You know, they did like stupid shit with their guitar. I mean, it's just you can tell they rehearsed it. It's not like a raw experience. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. They're just doing it for the money. They're trying to be badass. Or they haven't even played in front of a crowd. You know what I mean? So, well, it worked for them for a little while. That's what I mean. They're, now they're, they were one-hit wonder. You know what I mean? If they'd have built up a crowd, they might still be rocking, yeah. you know? Well, I think they lost their singer, too. That was a big one. Uh, last I heard, this was years ago. Last I seen them, they came through with Motley Crue when I saw Motley Crue. And we were like, oh, yeah, I remember Hendry. You know, they had a new album out. Okay, cool. And they came out with a new singer. They had the singer from uh, Saving Abel singing for them. Oh, really? And it wasn't very good. But contracts, you know, got them. Guess they got to go out there and do it sometimes. One shitty band morph into another shitty band. <laughs> <laughs> Swap out a member and they still suck. <laughs> and there was a, man that whole era of, of rock and roll bands was just not my favorite time. The and early there was some really good music out there. There was good music. Bad, yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, you know, like I, I don't know if I said it, but the Rejects were an Oklahoma band that I really got behind because they had like this excitement about them. 
you know, and the people before they got all big, the crowds that they would bring were like happy and uh, energetic. There was no down, you know what I mean? It wasn't my style of music, but they first started coming in as a two-piece. Did I talk about that last one, last time? Anyway, they started coming in as a two-piece, and it was the two main guys, you know, and I don't want to drop names, it's just bullshit, but they would come in as a two-piece, and then I started building their drop, and they would almost sell out just as a two-piece. And then they got courted by Sony. Sony gave them a record deal, but they had to come back and get two more members. So they came to a, a show I had with Euclid Crash headlining, and they stole two guys out of Euclid Crash. <laughs> Broke up one of my best fucking local bands, you know what I mean? But then they still paid paid respect. Like, they all they would always come in, you know what I mean? Like And Fall Out Boy was like, would be the undercard, you know? Fall Out Boy would be playing in. 2,500, 3,000, 4,000, and then stop it for a 600 to say hi. You know what I mean? Total underplay, just because I, I always took care of them when they came up. You know what I mean? Let them do their shit, and the rejects ripped my, ripped my room out to rehearse and stuff. It was like, we're just pals. You know what I mean? Well, what's, what's the biggest um, difference as far as that relationship between your artists and your venue management versus, versus being the venue management? I mean, is it, uh, first off, I come across as you definitely are business-like. You need to make sure that they feel comfortable doing business with you, you know. And then um, the way I always did it is I was quasi-fan, even if I didn't like the music, you know. Every like, I guess it was a rarity, but everybody that walked through my doors, I greeted them when they first walked in. I was like, "Hey, I'm Reggie Wheat. This is my room. It's my wife behind the bar. Everybody in here, staff. Thank you so much for coming to Oklahoma." appreciate your time you know we know it's not a quick your biggest market but you got a ton of fans here and i would just thank them you know like anything you need anything you need and just make them feel at home you know yeah get them relaxed instead of like Lars Fredrickson came in Lars Fredrickson the bastards you know it's been rancid he came in he's got these big old goons man his the bastards are fucking huge you know <laughs> and they were doing their sound check and you could tell Lars was like grumpy you know what i'm saying he was like grumpy and i started thinking Man, this guy's been on the road for how long? I know, I know he's a motorcycle rider. I didn't see, didn't on his bus or anything. So when he got done the sound check, I threw the keys to my bike at him. I said, "It's the dirty black one out front." He came back like an hour and a half later with this big ass grin. You know what I mean? Like his day was made. He then he went over to the ballpark and caught a foul ball, like a fly ball, and the news showed Lars Fredrickson with tattoos on his face <laughs> and shit, all, all smiling, like, you know, a local man catches fly ball, and he wasn't local at all. You know what I mean? It's just so funny that like, Lars from Rancid is all ah, with a fly ball in Oklahoma City. You know, it's shit like that that you that you do it for. You yeah. know, for those moments of just. And I've realized now that part of the reason I did it was because I love being around happy people. And when I threw it, it's like a big party. Yeah, when you're at a rock and roll crowd, you, yes, there's some drama, obviously. The bigger the crowd, you're going to have it. But Drama's all part, part of the game, as long as everybody's happy. In everybody's the end, you know? happy, yeah. Yeah, everybody leaves out smiling. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. You know, I did some weird, just things just popped up. Like, the sounds would play with, I don't know, some people over across the street at, uh, what was it called now? Coca-Cola Event Center. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then bands would come over and hang out at our place when they weren't on stage, you know. Like, the sounds came in every time. they come in and hang out. And then the third time they came through, they're like, we want to play there. So they, they were playing, and, you know, I don't, know where, I don't remember where they're from, like Swedish or something, but they are fucking greatest. They're nice as hell. And that lead singer's really hot. Like, she looks good on pictures and stuff, but whenever she's like, I mean, she was in my face, and I was like, damn! You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it was like, the crowd was waiting for an encore, and it was taking a minute. So I went back in the kitchen, and I was like, dude, you guys got to come back on. You got to come play. 
like I was like begging almost. I get goosebumps just talking about it. And she like got straight in my face and was like, "Your name is Reggie, right?" And I was like, "Yes." She was, "I wrote a song about you." And she went out and did a nice. did a song, and it was it was called Reggie. It was something about Reggie. Like, <laughs> she kept saying my name. I was like, she didn't just write that, you know. I was like, see what I'm saying? Like that kind of shit. That's what you know. That's what you do it every day for. Not because you, people get upset, they get kicked out because they're underage drinking and all that crap. We never banned anybody, man. If you fucked up, come back tomorrow, you know. Yeah. Go go sober up and quit sleeping in my club or something stupid, you know. Well, is it? Say you have a maybe like a mid card man on the way up come through. You're gonna have a bigger crowd to manage or deal with. Is it easier to have that middleman on something like that? Like have a promoter to help. What I used to do is I would uh, give people free shows if they pass out flyers. You know, like if they're passing out a flyer for a show, they got in for free. And I'd send them out to Norman and Tulsa, Edmond, like all over the city. Hit the record stores or hit pretty much. Like at a show, we'd hit every damn car out there. You know. I, I still love doing that, like Gorilla Pro promotion, yeah, you know? Yeah. I'm trying to do that with this one. Just get up some quick flyers and hit any show in town. Just slitter the cars, you know what I'm saying? Even if you don't like it, you know it's coming up, yeah. you know? And I'm kind of trying something different on this one because the promotion that I've been seeing is they'll start advertising a show like three or four months out. To me, that's a fucking mistake, you know, because by the time that show comes up, I probably won't remember. Right. Well, the, uh, usually on Facebook and stuff, it will be like two hours before the event, and it will say it'll pop up in your feed and say, "Hey, there's an event tonight. Yeah. Yesterday, oh, going by in. the way, yeah, and it's like know. you could have told me that a week ago, mm-hmm. and I might have went to this show, you know? Like, yeah. But, but see, that's instead. where that was where I, as a promoter, would have failed, you know. And I hate when people say like, "I didn't even know they came through," and it's like, "Gosh, damn it!" It's because <laughs> they, they leave it to the algorithm. You're like putting out my fucking calling out my faults. You know what I'm saying? Well, I'm kind of, I don't know. Most things I need. Like a couple few days, I've noticed I can't usually drop it and do this it. One, this a lot one, of people can. It's different, you know. I'm using the 30 day rule on this one, you know, because normally I would talk about it 60 days out and then let it ride and then start promoting it within 30 days. Because within the month, a few weeks is when people are going to remember. Yeah. They're not going to put that shit on their calendar. They're going to be like, my to do list on the gay book. And if they even look yeah, at it, you know, I put saying? big shows on the calendar, like stadium shows there you on go. the calendar, yeah, three, yeah. four months ahead, not local. Local, local shows are buy tickets for those too, right? Yeah. Like this black show I'm doing, he's, uh, his punk band is pretty crazy. You know, the dwarves are all over the place. Was it blood, sex, and pussy? You know what I mean? Like, teach your kids to worship Satan and stuff. <laughs> their freaking, their symbol is like a skull with crossboners, like hard cocks with balls and shits. Like, that's their freaking logo and they're, they're fun as shit you know some of their albums have like bloody covered midgets with naked girls and shit it's, it's just insane you know so now that guy's doing acoustic and I cannot wait to hear what the fuck he's gonna sing you know just him and a guitar and a mic holy shit and it's not all dwarf songs like some of them are he just did for this but Black's like this is gay acoustic is gay put me in a little bitty room and let's charge five bucks and I'm like, you're the motherfucker, dude. That's what I love. You know what I mean? I had him scheduled at COVID. We were going to do it at uh, Lost Highway. And you're going to get like, 50 people in there. You know what I mean? I was like, fuck yes. And then, then COVID came and lost like 17 shows. Wow. I was getting ready to meet like HR, lead singer, Bad Brains. We were like an anchor date. You know, me and Dallas worked together. To, it didn't matter Friday or Saturday, but we were the first two shows to launch the tour, you know. And I had TSOL coming in with pinata protest and just all these you know crazy bands and there was something i was just taking out on a limb like the band called fee f-e-a it's like a it's like a female mexican ramon style band hmm. and they're fucking amazing 
They're all girl power. The riot. What's that? Riot girl? Pussy riot, yeah. That's what they are, yeah. And then they're just, they're great. You know what I mean? I love it. I love it. But I didn't get to see them because COVID came. Yeah. One thing I've noticed, too, is it seems like coming out of COVID, it seems like um, there's a lot of, I guess, call it miniature festival style type of things where you have a lot of different genres, even local bands. You'll have a metal, like punk, rock and roll, and... uh, an acoustic folk guy opening like what what the fuck is going on right here well I'll that's actually check crowd it out, diversity. But... <laughs> yeah, that's how you build diversity yeah sure uh, it's just something I've, I've noticed more coming out of covid than beforehand yeah i really hate the festival stuff like why would i want to go see my somebody i really enjoy playing for like 20 30 minutes i want to put them on stage let them do the whole set you know like those festivals are just frustrating i saw rancid like that at the uh fans warp tour and when it came to tulsa you know, I saw a lot of different bands, and, but it was just like brief. By the time you walked over there, they were already playing. And, you know, it was just like you barely caught a glimpse of them. Yeah. Just staying way back and hear them, but it's hard to get right up in there. 25 minutes. It's not, it's not set, a small probably. club experience. Yeah. You know what I mean? Everything at those those festivals, day long, or I don't know, Louder Than Life had multiple stages, didn't it? Didn't that kind of help with that? I think they always did. Yeah, yeah they had um, three. I went to one, it was a full day. It was I, just one, I've one been, stage. I mean, like uh, the Rockstar Energy Fest, they had like. 10 or 15 uh stages like oh, small geez. stages and it was it was a lot of bands so like you, you would walk around this whole festival and it, it it took up entire city blocks of denver wow but then but then the the next year the city complained and they were like oh it's too loud and mm-hmm. all this stuff with all the neighbors so then they split the concert up so it was still the rock star energy fest but you had to buy tickets for the smaller bands at a venue oh, wow. to watch them inside. Oh, different locations. Yeah, different locations, yeah, different locations and oh, they were at different times God. of the year, and it was like they'll find a like, way to make more money off. Yeah, everything. yeah, because you had to pay for each individual event, and it ended up costing more than what that one event cost. That's what. Because when I went to that show, it was like one hundred twenty dollars for like the front. I was like right on the stage, like right on the front, but. Hmm. Well, that was one thing I didn't like about the festival type atmosphere too. Is that you got to squeeze these bands that you know they usually play an hour to two hours, and now you're squeezing it down to 25, 30 minutes, and it shows really oh, bad. It does, yeah. Especially so, like, if they if they set up late. Yeah, you'll like, have a country they, guy sound like a punk band because they got to speed it up so much yeah. to get their songs in. Like, if you listen damn. to them, they'll crank out the songs you know best. Yeah. And not go anything to deep. You know what I mean? I hit their deep cut loud just probably usually pushing the new album with one or two the single songs, yeah, you know, yeah yeah you know the, all over the place i think honestly um the the that sort of music that sort of music business is what it hurt my business like crazy you know what i mean because i on different tours i can catch bands on a day off you know what i mean when they're going to this one or this one like maybe the headliner band doesn't want to wants to take a day off but the supporting acts want to keep rolling you mm-hmm. know and that's how i got a lot of bands but then you get like like all these ven- all these tours now you have like agreements where they can't go anywhere else, like the surrounding states you know they can't just break off because they're all part of this whole tour they can't take days away and do different things you know in different states because they won't they won't let them sorry about that <laughs> i get a little anime sometimes i just whack the shit out of that mic <laughs> yeah well is that it I'm like, bam! Live nation, you motherfucker! Dude, seriously, <laughs> ass cap and BMI can lick my ass crack, uh, man. I Fuck remember those. when that Armageddon happened, or whatever they called it, Tormageddon. Um, I think uh, we had just saw Metallica. It was like oh four, oh five, somewhere around there. Yeah, five, five was the worst. It and uh, Prince was the first one to come out and say, "Whoa, 
time out. This is fucking bullshit. And when he started talking, that's when I started paying attention to what was going on. Yeah. You talking about the Live Nation stuff? Mm -hmm. yeah, well, they just took over. Corporate took over. It's brutal. Yeah, Same thing they did in Vegas. Uh, they just took everything over. Yeah, and DWP, like, I think that's what it's called. Like, oh, the guy that does, like, um, Louder Than Life. I figured out that the, uh, the Space Zebra thing that we were talking about before, um, it looks dumb, but, I mean, the concept is basically what we do for local. Uh, they, they take mainstream bands that are up and coming and they, they preview their music and shit. That's cool. And talk about it. But, like, the, uh, but it's West Borland. Oh, yeah. That's always why it's, it's only, like, 30 episodes in. It's, like, where we're at. And yet, like, they're extremely fucking famous. And well, so they, you know, but whatever. Man, <laughs> so, if but, I had yeah, it, I'd yeah, use it too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean yeah, they got the money. And so he does, like, the presents for um, there. That's why they, uh, they were, they're the ones that actually helped put on Louder the Life and all that. But it's weird because the, um, the jump in bands, we would watch, like, Avatar played on stage. And out of nowhere, like, I opened up my social media and it was like, Avatar tonight at you know at the uh, the the diamond and I was like they fucking just leave here and like went right to Oklahoma to do that next show because they it, that's literally just within a couple hours they were playing in another state so I mean they're they're moving around a lot was, was that like the same thing yeah and then and Bowlby did the same thing yeah bands from they Europe all, are coming over to cash in that's what the struts were talking off. about they're like we're here to work one day yeah. if they take yeah. a day off it's sunday and yeah. that's usually when i gotta throw a lot of money at i'm gonna get them to stop you know what yeah. i mean i'm like what's your guarantee how about I do twice that you know i guarantee you there's like 10 percent, 15 percent in merch sales you know yeah but higher than wherever else you go with a bigger crowd you know because they'd loot they'd run out of everything i had bands shipping merch to the venue because they knew they were going to sell a bunch. You know, what I mean? they didn't want to be left out of stock whenever they would go. You know, go past us because they just fucking the people who just piled through the merch. Well, where do you see it going from here? Hmm. There's a couple of different directions it could go. Uh, the main thing that I find missing is that there is not a club anywhere. There's not one place where you can just go hang out, maybe spin a little bit on the door, and you you know the band's going to be somewhat entertaining, even if you don't know them or. Well, you know we, what I, mean? I think the last place we knew of like that just got uh, remodeled, right? The blue door, well, blue note? remodeled, no. and uh, the high-low. I mean, like I, um, like I was going to show you guys. Uh, saw some bands there last night, but uh, one of them, uh, the concubine or whatever, they don't. It's like this, uh, this Asian girl. She fucking has pipes, but like, but they don't have any music online, so I can't <laughs> really play their music. But they were like the one that I actually there, and then this other band. It's uh, Toke Back Mountain. Toke Back Mountain. Yeah, it's a play on a joke of uh, making fun of um, Brokeback Mountain. Um, and then and they had a sticker inside the Hilo bathroom that they put in there, and it showed the Brokeback Mountain scene, the two cowboys. And then it, in the background, it just showed this dude just, like, smoking weed. Toke Back Mountain. <laughs> but it's extremely chaotic. So, hmm. uh, so well, this, gay so, sex uh, and smoking weed sounds like it could get pretty chaotic. Yeah, I can only yeah, imagine. Yeah, but, <laughs> I can do without the gay stuff. I mean, but, that sounds good. Yeah, what an, so, what an no, odd pairing. Okay, well, right, whatever. Right, I'll on. check them I'm out. play some. <laughs> it's very chaotic. Music's <laughs> uh, like very Mr. chaotic. Bumble. Like, they, the guy would get on stage, they all had a face mask, and they had, like, the cut holes and stuff. They were all wearing pink. And, and the dude had a shirt, and it was all, like, braided. Like, it was, like, half-cut braided. He was wearing spandex that were pink. 
like women's Jesus. shorts. And it said on the shirt, it said, um, it said, uh, Bud Light is for cops or some shit. Uh, but, but no, their, their music's extremely chaotic. Like, That's pretty fucking rad, fucking actually. Fucking crazy, right? Yeah, that's now, good. They had like uh, they had like devil sounds in the background of this guy, like, and was telling the story, and he had his phone out, and he would like hit a play button, and it would play the next chapter of like what the next song was gonna be, and he would have like little lines, and then he would go to the next song. If a blown out speaker is listed as an instrument on your track, <laughs> <laughs> that's punk rock, brother. Hey man. Whereas uh, the other band, um, easier than getting they, a fuzz pedal. See their sound on this, like. Uh, <laughs> She actually has good vocals, but uh, it's very badly shot on that. That was just like somebody recording on like a story. Mm. Uh, the band Concubine, like she, um, she sounds like the Yeah Yeah Yeahs, but metal. Hmm. That makes sense. Like she has those screams and the the styles like that, but it's more metal. Than... Okay, cool, man. I don't know. And then there was another band. Music. There was another artist supposed to be there called the Sativa Prophets, which were rappers. That's what That's um, there's a lot of marijuana. Like what they were talking about the Doom marijuana thing. Like there's a lot of marijuana bands coming out right now. Well, there always has been. It was called Stoner Doom. Yeah, that's what that Stoner Doom metal. Stoner like, kind of the hot thing yeah. right now. Man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, then, and people are wanting that apparently right now. Dude, we used to get high on fire like twice, I love twice a year. Uh, Matt Pike, I love Matt Pike the motherfucker. Takes that orange orange amp and a Les yes. Paul and yes. fucking. The first time I met met Pat, met Matt, he was playing at uh, Music Dimensions over on uh, Meridian, like 16th and Meridian. And I, I was like, because I just watched that movie Gummo, like that's how I. I heard that song. I was like, I gotta fucking hear that band. Who was that shit? You know, I still get goosebumps. You know, from hearing Dragon Off for the first fucking time. You know, so anyway, anyway, so I was all hyped. You know, I wasn't trying to meet him. I was just hanging back, hanging out back, drinking some beer in the, the office. You know, and then they came on in. I just sat still. You know, I, I don't get starstruck. You know, but I was just I didn't want to annoy the. You know what I mean? I was like, you're sure. Right, I gotta be cool. And so the first thing I did for conversation was like, I said. Dude, I love that track on Gummo, man. That's a great fucking song. He's like, yeah, we didn't get any money or royalties for that. It's kind of a bad bad deal. I was like, fuck. What is Hi. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's nice to meet you. But it got it got to where, like, one time he left all of his shit. He got his guitar, but none of his cables and, you know, like, all this crap he just left in a corner. It was dark. So he hit me up and was like, dude, I'm in Dallas tonight, and I don't have half of my shit. And I was like, I said, well, just put, put the... Put Reggie down plus three, and I'll make sure he gets there. And I sent Laura and some other friends down to go catch a free show with High on Fire, you know, and take the shit with them. Nice. Know? Yeah, it was cool, man. Back <laughs> in the day, we'd get, you know, High on Fire, Mastodon, and, you know. Mas it, I love Mastodon. JD, well. I mean. You listen to the new Mastodon? You're like, new well, Mastodon? I, I, I like their evolution, but. The um, first two Crack albums. the Sky was. That that was my introduction to him. Yeah. Gotcha. That's to me. That's overproduced and operatic, which is not what they sounded like when I started. You know what I mean? I've yeah. got a Mastodon shirt, but it says uh, Mastodong, 
like that 70s groovy letters, you know? And the picture is like an aborigine with his cock to his ankles. You know what I mean? It's like Master Dong. They also had a Master Bong with the big old bong, you know? I was like, give me the long cock one. You know? I'll take the long cock. You can keep that short bong. <laughs> yeah, so it was good. It was good. Well, I'm really excited to be back here, guys. I really appreciate the... Uh, Round two, you know, I've hey, done man. a few round ones, and round two makes me feel like maybe I did something right. Yeah, no, we're we're just that's part of. Oh, you know, we're like I said, I, I was I played in bands, but it's been forever since any of that, and I just I'm kind of I still want to be around musicians and creative people. You know, well, that's you're doing my podcasts, crowd. Let me so. know. If it's my show. I got you in. Man. You're on my permanent guest list. Sweet, both of you. Well, we got a couple shout-outs to give here. Um, Hollis, make sure my date's right on that. I, uh, I'll bring it up. But, uh, yeah, there's a benefit gig he's doing for a girl. Her whole damn family died from COVID, basically. Shit. And, uh, That's horrible. Yeah, we'll get it up on our Facebook page, but it is uh, Toodles Tacos in Maysville. 503 William Street in Maysville, Oklahoma. This is October 23rd. It's on a Saturday. It's at 11 o'clock in the morning. And, uh, yeah, it's a pretty, that's a, just a terrible story. Uh but yeah, this this young lady lost her whole family to COVID, and uh, Johnny Hollis is, I guess, rounding up a band and gonna go try to to rustle up some money for her. So we're gonna share that and try to get uh get some people out there, maybe help everybody out. And uh, Aranda, our boys in uh, Oklahoma, got a new one out again. It's good to see them coming back around since everything happened with their drummer, and uh, that was a sad story too. So. Uh, Looks like things are moving up along. I guess we can close it out on Aranda's new one. Does that sound good to you? I can do that. Cool, man. All right, man. Reggie, thank you for being in with us again, man. We'll yeah, uh, definitely you. have to catch up maybe around the first of the year and see how uh, things are progressing through this. October oh. 30th, check out this acoustic punk. It's going to be nuts. Cool, man. Yeah, it's right. a resonator. And by the way, guys, like just keep supporting live music, please. That's, you know, we're trying. We used to say don't be a ham sandwich. <laughs> Go to a live show. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, hell yeah. I, I really appreciate what you guys are doing, man. It's cool. Awesome, man. Jonathan, take us out, man. All right, the uh, Local Earshot Podcast runs on the value for value system that is time, talent, and treasure. We value everybody's time. You could be listening to all sorts of stuff on the web and, and um, I know YouTube and all these different things. So, I mean, we greatly appreciate anybody that listens to our show. Um, as for talent, if you're inside a band or if you are inside the music industry of Oklahoma, then we would like to talk to you and actually hear your story and just go over uh, the music industry and how things are going. Um, and then as for treasure, if you want to uh, donate to the local earshot podcast, then you go to, over to the local slash donate. Uh, we take crypto and we also take uh, cash app, Vitmo, um, and then uh, subscription stuff, which I, I should have up and running um, probably this week. So that's the goal. Um, and uh, yeah, so thank you for listening. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Thank you.